1: You're listening to season four of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so if you haven't listened to the first three seasons yet, I'd recommend starting there. Also, just a heads up, there's some swearing and adult themes in this show. Chapter 42 The End. What the hell, Apollo? You can't keep ambushing me in front of my house. I'm sorry. I've been calling you for hours, but you weren't picking up. Oh, I wonder why that was. I put fingers on my chin and mock pensiveness. Oh, right. Perhaps because you left Gemma and I stranded at the airport. I know. I'm so sorry, Brooklyn, but... Why, Apollo? Why? Were you invented to humiliate me? Brooklyn, I can explain. No, no you can't because I'm not going to let you. Brooklyn, please. He rushed over and wedged himself between the front door of the elevator and me. No, I screamed. First, you dumped me at UBC. Then years of whatever the fuck that was. Then Amanda. Then you insist on being a knight in shining armor. And now this? No, I'm done. Get out of my way. Brooklyn. Get back. Get back, you. Danny, my landlord, came running through the lobby brandishing a broomstick. Dude, what? Apollo held up his hands, bewildered as Danny beat him with the bristly side. You can't go around attacking young ladies! Not here! Not under this roof! Away with ya! Danny screamed, his face strawberry red, and his eyes blazing. I'm not attacking her, Brooklyn. Tell him. I allowed Danny to get several more swats in before I said, Uh, Danny, it's okay. I know him. Sometimes it's the ones you know, Danny shrieked, unfettered. Danny, we've met, Apollo said, lifting the broom up easily, but Danny clung to it and kicked at Apollo while he tried to shake Danny off. I don't remember you, Danny said suspiciously. You did meet him, I admitted. A little of the color dissipated from Danny's cheeks. All right, all right, let me down. Apollo looked doubtful but obliged. Danny straightened himself up and at last ceased his beating of Apollo. I'd like to speak with Brooklyn alone for a moment, please, he said. Danny led me around the corner into his office, shut the door behind us, and whispered, Are you all right?" Yeah, sorry for shouting. Cause I can still get rid of him for you if you'd like. No, I'm good. Thanks, though. Anytime, little lady, he beamed. I'm really sorry, I said again. Oh, no matter, Danny said, wiping his brow and collapsing onto his chair. I had a feeling that he'd rather enjoyed the experience. I came back out to where Apollo was standing, covered in dust in the lobby. He looked so bedraggled that I started to laugh. Are you laughing? Wow. I'm not even a little bit sorry. Five minutes. Five minutes to explain. Then, if you hate what you hear, you can kick me out, okay? He held the elevator door open. Okay, I got in with him. So, I demanded, the moment we were on the threshold of my apartment. Oh, wow. No refreshments offered or anything, eh? Are you joking? I am joking, but yeah, you're right, too soon. Apollo. I mean, you have to admit, this whole thing is a little funny. Other than Danny whipping you with the broom, I see no humor in the situation. Right, sorry, because you don't know. Okay, so what happened was, I was on my way to come get you when my phone died. Seriously, Apollo? The dead phone excuse? Why didn't you just charge it before you left? I did, last night before I went to work today, but the battery is destroyed. It said I had 50% and then bam, dead. I'm getting it fixed ASAP. It's quite literally ruining my life. He grinned at me, but I did not smile back. Anyway, I did a drive through the arrivals area, but didn't see you guys, so I parked up at the end and waited. I figured you two would have to come out eventually, but you didn't. I waited for like an hour. Then I thought maybe you guys weren't walking up that far or something, so I did another couple of drive-bys. Nothing. After another hour, I figured I must have somehow missed you because your flight wasn't delayed or anything. So I went home and charged my phone and got that voicemail from Gemma. Harsh, by the way. I called you a bunch, but when you wouldn't answer, I could tell you probably thought I ditched you on purpose or something, so I drove over here and tried to buzz up, but after like ten minutes of buzzing, I figured you probably weren't home, so I just waited in the car till you got back. I'm sorry. I know showing up at your house is a lot, but... I knew that you were probably with your friends, and I didn't really want to give you the opportunity to sleep on being mad at me, so that's why I'm here. We waited for you for like an hour, I said. And we walked all the way up and down and didn't see you. Really? He asked, his eyes wide. All the way up to the end? Okay, well, not quite that far. Our bags were heavy. But, Brooklyn, that's the only part they let people park in for longer than a few minutes. Oh. So you just assumed I ditched you, rather than walking 50 extra feet? I didn't know that was the only spot they let people stop. I don't drive. I've never picked anyone up from the airport before. It's okay. I forgive you. What? I mean, I think it's fairly obvious that this whole mix-up was your fault, which, thank God, because we both know if it was mine, this would probably be over. No, this is still your fault, Apollo. I know. Wait, what? I was just being argumentative. I actually do think it's partially my fault now. I mean, sure, you guys could have looked for me a little harder. But you believed I left you in a lurch because I have so many times before. So, that's on me. If you trusted me, you wouldn't have considered my being an asshole as a reasonable explanation for what happened. You'd worry I'd gotten into an accident, or you'd factor in phones dying at the very least. So, yes, it's my fault. You don't trust me and that's okay. I haven't earned it, but I'd like to now, if you'll give me a chance. I... What do you want, Apollo? This is emotional whiplash. I want to date you. Exclusively, to be clear. I want you to be my girlfriend. But only if you want me to, Brooklyn. And I'd understand if you didn't. I considered. Did I want him? I wished I could convince myself that I didn't. I wished all the drama and shadiness had been enough to turn me off, but it wasn't. He was right. I didn't trust him. And I was terrified that if I gave him another chance, he'd hurt me worse than he ever had. But I also knew that if I didn't, I'd never be able to move on anyway, because I'd never know. So, I looked up into his swirling amber eyes and said, Okay. He engulfed me in a big bear hug. I missed you. I sneezed loudly. Sorry, long flights make me sneeze. That's okay, he said, trying to pretend I hadn't just sullied his shirt. Oh, gross, I'm so sorry. No problem, he said, pulling it off. Then he pulled me in and kissed me. We're gonna be so happy, Brooklyn. And we were for five years we were he was so good to me and he committed i met his family he took me to work parties we posted pictures together on instagram after a year we moved in together to my little apartment which saved us both a ton of money after a while i built enough materials so that teaching wasn't quite as time consuming as it was before and i was able to spend some evenings writing after i finished marking i wrote as much as i could but it wasn't enough so, I wrote on Saturdays too, and eventually half of Sunday. I wanted to have more time to see Apollo and my friends, but I wanted to be a writer more. The magazine who had published my story reached out for a few more installments, but it didn't go anywhere beyond that. I wrote five more books on Inkblot after releasing the first one I'd finished at the residency in France. For a long time, I had only one fan Mermaid Fan 25. The person who'd commented on my first few chapters right after I'd posted them before our trip to Costa Rica. She read everything I wrote as soon as it was available, and always commented something encouraging. And even though she was just one person, it made a difference. I know I should have been writing for myself, not for other people's approval, blah blah blah. But writing is lonely sometimes, especially when it's just you and the page and years and years of silence from a world that doesn't care and seems like it never will. One day, maybe a year or so after Apollo and I moved in together, I logged into Inkblot to discover that I had two subscribers, then three. And slowly, over the five years, I gained almost 300. It was nowhere near enough to make money, but still, 300 people is a lot of people. I got more comments, which gave me the energy to keep going late at night when all I wanted to do was go to bed. Whenever I got a spare moment, I'd reach out to literary agents and send out query letters asking for representation. For years, no one even sent me a rejection letter back. It was just silence. Then about three years in, I finally got a response. But only to reject me. After four years, an agent asked to see more of my work, but after sending it to her and waiting on pins and needles for weeks, she finally got back to me saying that she just didn't feel passionate enough about the subject matter to move forward. It was depressing. I'd been working 80-hour weeks for years, making the low end of a teacher's salary, and there were a lot of days when I felt like I had absolutely nothing to show for it. But every night, I knew I could curl up into Apollo's big arms, and that made it better. I got so used to sleeping with him that I forgot what it was like to sleep alone. Life wasn't perfect, but it was happy. Until it wasn't anymore. I don't know when it started, or the first time Apollo brought it up, but then he wanted to talk about it again, and then again, and again until we were having the same circular conversation every few weeks. And maybe if it hadn't been for that conversation, we would have been okay. Maybe that's why I kept trying to evade or delay it. I don't know. I just know that one rainy June day we were having it again, on the couch of my apartment in English Bay that was now ours. The apartment looked a lot better than it had when I'd first gotten it. Apollo's arrival and our subsequent splitting of the rent meant that we could afford to furnish the place a little more opulently. Our stuff would have been a lot nicer if Apollo had succeeded in convincing me that he should pay for more than half of everything because he made more money. The only thing I let him pay for more of was groceries, but that was only because he was twice my size and I would have had to declare bankruptcy if I split our new grocery bill with him. Brooklyn, I know you want to be a writer, Apollo was saying. And you know I support that, but if we want to live in Vancouver, we're going to have to make some kind of plan. He was right. I knew that. I just didn't know what to do about it.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
1: and especially in the last two years or so. And it wasn't as though I didn't want to. I just didn't have the money. I'd saved a decent amount over the last few years, but nothing near enough to buy a house in Vancouver. But I didn't want to move, either. I'm sorry, I said. I wish I had more money, but I don't. I don't think I'll ever be able to afford a home here. I don't mind paying for it, Apollo said bracingly. It would be our home, and obviously I want it more, and I make more than you do, so it's only fair. I just, we need to talk about how we're going to do it, because as much as we've saved from living in this place, and as much as my pay's increased from promotions and stuff, it's not enough. Houses in this city are millions of dollars, and you don't want to move too far away from the city, so I just don't know what to do. I can't buy a house here on my own. I never asked you to buy me a house, Apollo. I know I'm a writer. I know the life I signed up for. I know you didn't ask, Brooklyn, but I want one. I'm tired of paying rent. And I have a lot of savings. I want to put them in something that's going to appreciate rather than just watching it inflate away or risking it on stocks or something. I just don't have enough to pay for an entire house on my own, though. I mean, apartments are cheaper. We've talked about this. I don't want an apartment. Why not? We can afford a mortgage on one right now, and then we wouldn't have to leave the city. Because I need to be on the ground, I need a house. I shook my head. I don't understand this need to possess your very own piece of dirt. It's not that glamorous. He ignored this and said, And I can afford a house, if you'd be willing to consider looking at a place in Langley. I don't want to live so far away, though. Why not? Jess lives out there already. Jess was Apollo's colleague, or I guess technically kind of his boss. She was a few years older than him and more experienced, so she'd kind of taken him under her wing over the last year. I didn't like her, but I hadn't told Apollo that because my reasons were stupid. She was pretty, and even though she was married, I had a sneaking suspicion that she was into Apollo. It annoyed me, but I didn't feel like bringing it up was a good idea because I was pretty certain he was completely oblivious to that. And how does Jess like living in Langley? She said the commute took a bit to get used to, but... She just comes in early and uses the gym at the office to avoid traffic. Her and her husband seem really content. They've started trying for a baby. That's great. He sighed. I don't think you're being realistic about this. Everyone has to move away from the city once they grow up and start a family. Gemma has a place in the city. Her parents paid for that for her, and it's an apartment, so... I like her place, though, and we could probably get a mortgage on something similar. It's a two-bedroom, Brooklyn. So? Where would we put the kids? I told you I'm not ready. Brooklyn, you're 28. So? So when are you going to be ready? I don't know. You've been saying that for three years. I'm going to need a clearer timeline. I told you we could talk about it when I'm 30. Talk about it? What does that even mean? I don't know. Do you want kids, Brooklyn? I don't know. The corners of his big brown eyes fell. You know I want them. I've told you that from the start. And I think I do too, Apollo. I'm just... What? I'm scared. Of having kids? Well, yeah, but more so... Look, I'm nowhere near where I want to be in my career yet. Not even close. And I don't know when I will be. So kids are just not something that are on my radar until I'm there. But we don't have unlimited time, Brooklyn. I know. I'm scared that you'll keep delaying this until one day you realize you don't want them. And then what am I going to do? I want them, Apollo, but it's not just about wanting them. It's about making sure that if we have them, I don't lose myself. What do you mean? I have to grow them inside of me. I have to give birth to them. It's my body and me that they're going to need the most, especially in the beginning. You know I wouldn't leave you to do everything. You know I'd help. That's exactly it. You'd help. That's the problem. How is helping a problem? Because helping implies that it's my job. Okay, poor choice of words, you know what I mean. You know how badly I want kids, and you know why. You know I wouldn't just dump them on you, Brooklyn, that's not fair." I did know why he wanted them, and I adored his reason. His upbringing had been pretty much the complete opposite of mine. His parents were so poor that they hadn't had time for anything other than work, and even with multiple jobs they'd still had to live in a trailer with him and his brother, in Fort McMurray, which was bitterly cold and dark in the wintertime. And from what I'd heard, did not sound like a very nice place to live, even in the summer. Apollo had been a talented athlete, but even buying him hockey skates or finding the time to drive him to practice had been a struggle. Apollo had worked so hard to get out of that. And he was now. He was an engineer and made good money. He'd been living with me in my tiny place so that we could save as much as possible on rent. And I respected the hell out of him for that. Until I'd heard about what it was like really like to be poor from him, I'd never understood. What it was like to have everyone be exhausted all the time, to be cold all the time, to eat plain pasta for weeks on end, I'd never known. He'd gotten student loans to get him through school. My parents had just paid for it. It was like we were playing that board game life, but I'd started 20 spaces ahead of him and he'd still ended up 100 places ahead of me in the end. Compared to all that Apollo had been through, Every struggle I'd had seemed so trivial. I felt ashamed for complaining about not being able to go to Thailand and write after graduation now. What a bougie kind of problem. I don't think Apollo meant to make me feel guilty about growing up more privileged than him, and he certainly hadn't at the beginning of our relationship, but recently, it was like he thought I didn't grasp reality. And maybe I didn't, but I had grown. I did I think, I grasped it. I just had a different idea of what kind of reality I wanted to live in. I knew I was a writer. I had zero expectations of owning property for myself. But if Apollo really wanted something, I could help him out a bit with the mortgage payments. I just thought an apartment made more sense because then we could still live in the city. The suburbs had always struck me as supremely dull. We didn't really have suburbs in Singapore where I grew up. Most people there lived in condos, unless you were a multi-millionaire, then maybe you could rent a house. I'd never had a backyard or a dog or anything, but living in a family condo meant that all my friends had lived within five minutes of me. I had no desire for the isolation and boredom I associated with living in a wasteland of cookie-cutter homes, with nothing else around for miles except maybe a save on foods or something. I felt too young to make such an old person move. He kept trying to convince me that we weren't young anymore, that I was being immature or something. But I didn't think being 28 or 31 for him was that old. But anyway, back to the kids thing. The reason he wanted them was because he wanted to give them everything he hadn't had. He wanted to buy them all the arts or whatever sports equipment they wanted. He wanted them to have their own bedrooms in a house. He wanted them to eat good food and be nourished and never be cold. And he wanted to be rich enough to not have to work multiple jobs so that he could actually spend time with them. So when we talked about money, our concerns were different. I thought we were doing great. I had enough from teaching to save a bit, live a fun life and pursue my dreams. But he was thinking about mortgages on multi-million-dollar homes, college funds, extra money for braces and extracurricular classes or school trips. I know why you want kids, and it isn't as though I'm against any of that. Obviously, I want to create the best life for our kids, too. I'm just not sure I'm ready to live my life for our kids yet. That's what everyone does when they have kids. Do they? Yes, of course, Brooklyn. But what about us? Our dreams? Our relationship? The kids are my dream. The job's just a way of providing for them. The kids are your dream, I said slowly. Yes, you know that. So, what am I then, the baby machine? Brooklyn, come on. You know I hate it when you overanalyze everything I say. Am I overanalyzing? What do you mean? You said the kids are your dream. You didn't say me and the kids. You just said the kids. He shook his head. Okay, maybe kids are too much to talk about right now. We can leave it. Just as long as you for sure want them. I didn't say anything. You do, right? I'm thinking, Apollo. What do you mean you're thinking about it? I mean I'm thinking about it. You're deciding this right now? I- We've been together five years, Brooklyn, and you've known where I stand on kids since the beginning. I thought you just wanted to wait. I didn't think you weren't sure if you actually wanted them. When you asked me, I thought I was sure, but- But what? But it's five years later, and that didn't feel like that long. So I'm thinking, because like you said, I don't want another five years to go by and not be sure, and- Do you want to be with me, Brooklyn? I blinked at him. What? Do you want to be with me? Yes, of course I do, but can you just give me a second to… You've had five years! It was too much. It was too fast. I put my head in my hands, trying to breathe. Just give me a minute, Apollo. Okay. I'm sorry. I felt his big arms wrap around me. I'm sorry. He held me like that for a while, and later we went and got sushi and watched a movie. We tried to laugh and smile our way through the evening. But the fight wasn't over.
2: We just pressed pause. Will you hold me while the waves sing us to sleep? Will you hold me while the waves rack us dead?
1: Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. If you want to find out what happens next right now, subscribe in Apple Podcasts to binge all 10 episodes ad-free. Otherwise, the next episode will be out on Monday. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving it five stars on Apple and Spotify, writing a review, posting it on social media, and telling a friend. This is an independent podcast, so stuff like that really helps get the word out and support the show. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for supporting Seasons 3 and 4. For exclusive news and bonus content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Music is licensed through Musicbed and Soundstripe Libraries. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. Artwork and script editing
2: are by Rebecca Montgomery. While the waves sing us to sleep. you while the waves rock Feel, feel the right smile beneath our feet Will you hold, just hold chair the